Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is Snap Judgments scrimmage style. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. Spring practice number five, done for Ohio State. I don't know that it was really as game-like as maybe advertised or desired, but there was some of that for Ohio State. So what all did we learn from Final watching? score was what, 98 to 96? Yeah. 102 to 100. Yeah. It got to triple digits. It was not game-like. I hope you smashed the over. Definitely hit the over. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the spread was, but the offense won by two. Uh, they did like some situational stuff that I thought was instructive. Um, the end got fairly competitive when <laughs> the offense scored twice and Ryan Day was like, no, and then made him, I guess, run one more play for Dallin Hayden uh, to score what was the decisive touchdown of the competitive scrimmage period. Yeah, uh, I think, and Kyle McCord uh, confirmed this walking off, that he thought they scored four times yeah. in the final drive. Which they oh, did. because of the play down there. Yeah, to, and they had yeah. the touchdown yeah, throw yeah, yeah. where he was ruled a sack. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You guys didn't get to see that. The point is, uh, the offense scored a lot of points late when it mattered. Uh, the defense really controlled the early part of the day. Uh, but as you as they grew into it, you could see you know, Kyle McCord, I thought, really played with a lot of energy. I thought that he had the better day of the two quarterbacks. Uh, everyone can evaluate it as they wish. Uh, Ryan Day is the only one that matters how he evaluates it. And, he tapped the brakes on that a little bit. Still a lot of rotation between both Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, but I thought uh, there was somebody who was clearly ahead in my book. I mean, I don't know that I saw it that way, especially watching early in the scrimmage. They did some red zone stuff in this end zone behind us, and the defense won 11-1. to uh, So 12 reps and the defense won 11 of them. That was not ideal. Both quarterbacks were, um, you could tell, a little tight early in the scrimmage. I do agree. I think towards the end of the scrimmage, you saw McCord I think take a step up uh, and at that point they were rotating them not like Kyle with the ones and Devin with the twos it was just every other every other so they both had a number of reps with all the you know best offensive linemen best wide receivers that were available and I thought I think Kyle played a, a cleaner day um, but there's still a lot of good things to see out of Devin I think a lot of these guys are just about settling down and not getting yeah. so wound up there was a couple times where Devin's out of the pocket and then they blow a whistle and you think if that's a real game situation it's probably a much bigger play than, you know, if not a sack because no one touched him. So, um, <laughs> yeah, other than that, I mean, the player of the day to me that really stood out was Dallin Hayden. I just like what I see out of him when he's running the ball. It, it, they didn't do a lot of run stuff, but a couple times he, he really um, showed that he's put some time in the weight room. He absolutely bowled over Jod Carter on, on the third down play that, uh, you know, put the offense in position on their final drive. And that was sort of the highlight to me, just seeing – the physical transformation in him and then seeing it applied on the field. So at the end of the scrimmage, so they, it was not like a full-on scrimmage for two hours. It's interspersed between individual periods and teach periods. But at the last scrimmage period, um, Kyle and Devin each got four drives, one each or two each with the first team and the second team. Kyle led two touchdown drives and a field goal drive. Devin led one touchdown drive and a field goal drive. I don't know if that means a whole lot, but like Ryan Day wants to see that, right? He wants to see who was, who was eventually leading the team into the end zone. Um, I thought it was good to see Devin, who I agree looked a little tight earlier on, um, throw a really nice ball to Caleb Brown for, was, was it a touchdown or like down to the goal line? Down right? to the goal down line. Down to the goal line, and then they ran it in. Really nice touch pass. Um, but I, I mean, I was pretty impressed with Kyle's movement ability. Um, I know that's the thing that he believes that he has that people don't talk about a lot or, or think that's a thing that, that Devin has as an edge on him. And Berm's probably right. In a game setting, Devin could probably show a little more of that. But in terms of just movement in the pocket, evading some rush, getting out on the edge and throwing the ball accurately, wasn't perfect, but I was more impressed with uh, Kyle McCord than I thought I would be. Yeah, I think I mean, we can only control what we 
cover about this team, right? But if there are people out there that were skeptical about Kyle McCord's ability and thinking that it was as simple as Devin Brown is the more athletic quarterback and Kyle McCord is a statue, I think the things that were on display today for anybody paying attention should probably disabuse that notion pretty strongly. I think Kyle, there was one point in that scrimmage where he stepped up into a pocket. He only had to be touched. He evaded that stepping up, got out to the right, and then hit a throw on the run, moving to his right. He's they, He had a designed uh, run in the red zone. Um, I thought that he didn't get touched. He thought he scored, threw the ball to the ceiling to celebrate that score. I mean, they were doing all the things that you would expect the Ohio State offense to do with Kyle McCord. I thought he did that well. It's not necessarily a surprise to me because I think that some of the you know, gap between the athleticism has been overblown between those two. But, I mean, it's also one day, so yeah. I'll try not to put too much stock into it, yeah. even though I already said that I think Kyle McCord has a clear edge. I think oh, you, also, so have to, not, you not, also have to put some stock into who was blocking for them at, at the time. Like the Yeah, day. for sure. Because the difference between the Ohio State first-team offensive line and the second-team offensive line is probably the biggest gap of any position on this team. Uh, I think I say that fairly comfortably the the gap between those groups is very large so that changes things you know a lot but overall i don't think you can look at this scrimmage and say well Kyle mccord's the guy or devin brown's not the guy i mean i think there's a lot of things i think for ryan day's sake it's probably best that they both had moments of like yeah. good and bad and they did yeah, uh, you don't really want, I think, to have everyone in here and go, "Well, that's the guy. This thing's over." Yeah, um, because it's not true, and you don't want that narrative even being started because it's not accurate. I think that's why they design practice the way they do. With you're going out with the ones, and then you're flip flopping. Everybody's getting an equal opportunity. I don't think that's going to stop. It's probably going to carry all the way through April fifteenth, and then you reassess from there if you need to change the reps in August. I don't. There's no benefit now to just say, well, we're already making that decision and Kyle's only going with the ones from now on. I, I don't expect that to happen. No, because I think you'd be, one, doing yourself a disservice as a team, as a coach trying to evaluate it, but two, don't know what that does to someone's psyche as they're trying to get better every practice. Like They don't need to know who the starting quarterback is right now. So keep evening those reps up, um, see who grows and, and how. I like, like you mentioned Kyle throwing the ball to the roof after he scored that touchdown. When Devin threw that ball to Caleb Brown, he pivoted and turned directly to the defensive sideline and gave him the first down <laughs> signal. So, like, they both got a little bit of juice to him, which I enjoyed seeing. I'm a little bit surprised that Berms, the first name he mentioned was Dallin Hayden because Cameron Martinez had one of the best scrimmage performances of anybody on defense. Yeah, he looked comfortable. I think, in general, we've heard a lot of talk in the first couple weeks of spring practice about the defensive backs and how active they've been with their hands, and we certainly saw that today. There was a lot of deflected passes. A lot of stuff uh, from uh, Jordan Hancock, from Denzel Burke, from Davison Levinosen, from from Cam, from Sonny Styles. I mean, Latham Ransom almost inadvertently knocked G Scott's head off on one play. G caught the ball. G caught the ball. And stood up and first downed it in his face. Dabbed the first down in his face. And uh, you know, I, I really liked what I saw in the secondary. I think you go back to last August and you realize just how unfair the expectations were heading into the season because we didn't know how injured everyone was. And maybe that'll be the case come this August. But right now, when they're healthy, it looks like a much different group in the secondary. And I think something that people can be optimistic about. It was Lathan Ransom, Josh Proctor, and Cam Martinez out there with the first team uh, defense every time. There was no, like, changing that around. Sometimes they switched Igbenosin and, and Hancock or Igbenosin and Burke, which I like. 
Yep. But I think what we saw out of those three safeties was pretty encouraging. I was surprised to see that it, it looked like when they were doing walkthrough stuff and in team stuff that Lathan Ransom was more in that bandit position that walks up to the line of scrimmage, and Josh Proctor was more in that adjusted position that, that plays back a good deal because I would have assumed it would be flip-flop. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Josh has such <laughs> great closing speed and range that if he's seeing the whole field correctly, he doesn't yeah. have to make that initial decision at the line of scrimmage. I think it better suits see him. That, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I think I could probably make a case either way. I like Josh Proctor's ability to play, you know, middle of the field, center fielder, you know, go go close on some deep balls. But I think it's probably, I would have thought it'd be better to just, here's your assignment and go do it and play in the box against the run more. I, I don't know. I, I can, I think Ohio State just really wants him out on the field and is trying to find something that it knows he can consistently and confidently do over and over. So Picking one is more important than which one it might actually be. Yeah, and if we come out here on Tuesday, it could be, you know, it could be flipped. I think the way that Jim Knowles does it is he wants to be like hyper focused on one thing for one practice, and then move on to something else for the next practice. So, and, and obviously in the game too, they'll rock and roll those guys like Ronnie Hickman and Lathan, Lathan did that in, in games too. So I don't want to make too much of it, but I that Josh was doing the deep safety stuff at all, I, I thought was interesting because I don't know that I would have guessed that, and I don't. I can't recall if Sonny Styles was out there with the ones. I, I want to say that there were points where he was. So, like, I don't want people to hear that and think, "Look, well, where's Sonny playing?" Sonny like, was on the field a lot. Sonny was out there a lot. Um, made I don't I don't want to say made a play, but uh, an underthrown ball hit him in the back of the head on a play where he had good coverage. Um, <laughs> came up flying up to the line and inside run um, made some impressive plays that you expect to see that. I thought um, Steel Chambers had a good practice uh, during the third down period. I don't I can't remember if it was three successive plays, but it was three plays in, in relatively short order. He had a sack. Uh, he blew up a tunnel screen to Marvin Harrison Jr. And then he had a near interception in the middle of the field. So he was showing up in a big way. Yeah, I liked uh, who else did I think really flashed out there? I mean, JT Tuimolo and Jack Sawyer are good. And also it's You could just see a totally different Jack Sawyer when you're sure <laughs> after the offensive <laughs> line, I'm and, telling you. And I don't know how much stock to put into, you know, one day and, and not actually having to bring him to the ground, but JT especially was all over the place. And you know, sometimes you just like he was out there against Zen Mahalski and like Zen played a lot with that first unit. Uh, he's not going to face a lot of guys like JT when the season rolls around. Maybe that's a, an iron sharpens iron situation and he can grow from that. But it, it was not a fair matchup against those two today. Mm -hmm. um, and that also, to Berm's point earlier, can can skew some of the results when you're looking at the quarterback because that those guys are just going to collapse the pocket. He should be glad his name is Zen. That's what I'm saying. Because he has to go home tonight and like find it. And be like, that was JT Tumalo out. It's not the biggest deal. Yeah. I'm going to get better from this. He, oh, uh, I'll, I'll throw him a bone. He, I was watching Pass Rush 101s while they were doing 7-on-7 seven seven down here. Uh, and Zen uh, did have a really good rep where he won against Jack Sawyer. Well, there you go. Um, you know, I, I think we don't really know what to make of play calling and that sort of stuff. But I wonder how much... That little stretch at the end where they ran, you know, four touchdowns in six plays is Brian, Brian Hartline getting tested by Ryan Day. So, nope, nope, try it again. Yep, try it again. Yep, yeah, try it again. You're in the red zone. I'm like, okay, here, you better score four out of four touchdowns out of these Here's next four different plays. red zone scenarios figured out. Uh, and and to, to the credit of whoever's calling the plays, we don't know if it was Hartline or not, but they scored on him and did well, it. Well, Ryan Day didn't plays. even have a headset on, so. Yeah, we'll see. Which is interesting <laughs> in its own right. And he was roaming a little bit like he was still drifted toward those quarterbacks for sure but just seeing him with no headset when they're out here calling plays live was like that's yeah took a, me back a little bit. unusual yeah um i don't did we give Jaden bauer enough credit for his performance yet 
No, no. I, I don't, it's just I don't know what to make of it. I mean, the, the reality he is... He cooked Jordan Hancock on a double he move. He absolutely <laughs> destroyed Jordan Hancock on a double move for a 50-yard touchdown. Yeah. On, they went to 50-yard drills where it's a, you know, live live action. <laughs> yeah, Kyle McCord only got one snap. Come on. <laughs> and, and he threw an absolutely perfect ball, and Jaden was about 10 yards open. And we talked about it after Pro Day. If he can bring that to this offense, it is a game-changer for the Ohio State offense. Yeah, It doesn't have to be... 30 plays a game. He doesn't have to be a starting wide receiver. He just needs to be able to give you 10, 12, 14 reps a game where you can put him out there and stretch the defense, and it changes things for everybody. But, I mean, because Marvin Harrison, because he's so good, is going to receive so much attention this year, and Kyle McCord and, or Devin Brown are going to be trying not to force the ball to Marvin, and you have to have somebody who can just stretch the field to, to help open that up. I almost feel like that was part of the issue during the red zone period early in the scrimmage was that Marvin was more active in that than he was as the scrimmage went on. Like Marvin, stay out. He didn't do anything in the final four drives at all. Like, all right, well, he's out there. Let's gonna let's look that way. And Cam Martinez broke up one ball that like should have never been thrown. The coverage was good. Just like, well, there's Marvin. I'm going there right away. I think that happened a little bit too much early on. And I don't know if like Brian Hartline and Ryan Day are like, well, that's we we want to fight that in in practice sessions. Don't put him out there. Make sure that you're just going through and you're not going to rely on that security blanket because I can understand how tempting that would be for as sure. a quarterback. Yeah. As good as he is. I want, like, I, when during the one of the scrimmage periods, I was thinking in the back of my head, like, man, I bet these guys hate when they go out there and they look to the sideline and Marvin's not there. It's like, <laughs> it's, just, it's the ultimate security blanket. It's a cheat code. It's like, I don't even evaluate the reps when Marvin's <laughs> on the field because the ball's going there and he's going to catch it nine times out of ten. Uh, one more point on Jaden Ballard because. Ryan Day did not talk a whole lot of specifics afterwards when we talked to him. I think by design, he doesn't want to, you know, say anything out of turn and make somebody think that the depth chart's set already. But he was asked about Jaden Bauer specifically. And the one thing he said is, like, you have to remember that Jaden came in with Marvin and Emeka, and those guys are awesome. And I think there was a little bit of a mental hurdle for Jaden to get over to realize that, like, he is also good. Maybe he's not as good as Marvin Harrison or Emeka Emeka. He doesn't have to be. He can still be a really good football player, even if he's something short of that. And I think maybe that's starting to click for him where he's realizing ways he can help. It's the confidence. And, yeah. and that confidence was no doubt boosted on Wednesday hearing NFL people go, who the heck is that guy? Mm-hmm. And then you bring it out here today and you absolutely cook Jordan. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's Jordan Hand Cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Jordan, I mean, Jordan had a couple of PBUs. Like he, it's not one bad play does not make a bad practice. And I don't think like it was a bad, like it was a really good route. Yeah. Like, that happens. There's good players on both sides of the ball. Wow. Huh, how about that? that? That team's on scholarship, too? Yep. The other team's on scholarship, too, yeah. Um, defensive line, I mean, uh, obviously, you mentioned Jack and JT. I, I thought that Michael Hall, you can cool. see the quickness is sort of where it was last He put on September. a show during the pass rush drill. Uh, he is not easy to block. You were down there, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was not good uh, what we watched. And it was Vic Cutler who was just unfortunately the victim he just happened to be the guy in front of him i don't think it would have mattered who it was but the first step in an arm rip was just like wow that's quick and then we saw like the next rep uh someone who was it just got pulled over um i think it was austin cerebell it wasn't wasn't ideal cerebell to his credit bounced back and then won the next rep but it's been uh i I think and when that was 20 to 20 so between the offensive line and defensive line then they played one rep with tyleek versus donovan jackson and donovan jackson won it easily Uh, to win the win the drill for the offense, but I thought that that would be a bigger gap. Yeah, if you told me they were lining up doing pass rush, who's going to win? I would say defense, and probably wouldn't think twice about it. It was pretty like pretty good back and forth. Josh Fire had two awesome reps against JT uh, Tuimolowa. One one of both. Um, Luke Montgomery looked really good in that situation going against threes. So um, 
yeah, the offensive line is, I don't want to say it's farther ahead, but in that particular situation, they perform better than I would have assumed. I think I'm a little bit puzzled, I guess, by Larry Johnson was asked about the depth of the defensive line on Thursday, and he was, the first thing he said was, I think we're good at defensive tackle, and I don't, I don't know if that's just meant to inspire confidence in those top three, but there is not enough depth at defensive tackle right now. I, I think that they they need somebody else to come in. Yep. I think we know who that could be. Well, you're, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about uh, Tank uh, Carter, Tank, Booker, Booker, Tank Booker, Booker from Maryland as a potential addition. But you also have to remember that the country's number one ranked defensive tackle, according to rivals, Jason Moore, will be here in a month. Caden McDonald will be here in a month. So they will. Will Smith is not practicing. Will Smith is yeah. not practicing. So you, you are missing. You signed three yeah. defensive tackles and none of them are here yet. So it's hard as a true freshman, though. And I like, yep. for like, sure. I, I do believe the coaching cliche the closer you are to the football, the no longer it's going to take you to get out there. And like they really only seem to have confidence in those, t- those three. So the, again, I just am a little bit baffled by why they, there was so much confidence projected. Uh, like, there's nothing wrong with doing it that way, but I think seeing it out here in a scrimmage setting where they really have to rotate those top three guys through both units uh, to get through that practice and, and then having Jaden McKenzie as the fourth. And here can you out there. So yeah, you have five guys that can, that can get out there, but it's certainly not ideal. But then doesn't that play to what we were saying? Like, just play your best guys. Well, yeah. I, and I, again, I'm not... Yeah, but you don't, you don't want to... I'm not trying to have it both ways. Right. I just I don't think you can get through a season... With just those three, I, I we saw that with my call a year ago. I mean, and Ty Hamilton didn't come on till the second half of the year. And Tyreek Williams, by his own admission on Thursday, talked about still trying to find his way into shape, and that he came and was lazy. Like that, that's not real encouraging stuff no. for me. You, you just need one of these young guys to step up, or if you are able to find a tank booker in the transfer portal, or the kid from Minnesota who just went into the transfer portal on Friday whose name escapes me, who's a second-team ball Big Ten player. Really good. How uh, are they doing this? They're not allowed. There are no rules. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're announcing their intention to There are the three portal. guys that are playing right now, but by the time June rolls around, they should have an eight-man depth chart at that position. So how someone just has to step up. That, that I think you need fun. four that you feel confident to put into yeah. a game, and I don't think – I think they have three. Which is okay. probably the simplest way to put it, and I don't. Maybe the fourth will come from this group. Yeah, I would bet against it. I, I'm not going to bet against it because I am Team Caden McDonald in a way that uh, he's a different different build. Uncomfortable for like it's like the, it's the Caden Curry sort he's of. He's got a Caden McDonald I'm, tattoo. I'm, I'm telling you that he is that type of disruptor in the middle, and okay. he's going to be different than anyone. Are there just like certain names that you gravitate maybe. towards? I don't yeah, know. He loves it's a Caden. The guy can't give resist me a, the Caden. Give me a Cameron. Give me a Caden. I just, I'm telling you, there, Caden McDonald. I will not be surprised if he's okay. in the in the rotation. By the time we hit October, he's different, disruptive wise. Like it. Okay. Anything else? Uh, I, I'm continuing to be like team chip, chip train him. Like I, I think that there's Brent a role for him on this offense. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it all plays out when you have Trayvon Henderson back and Mayan Williams actually involved or, or, or Evan Pryor involved. But the guy is really explosive when he touches the football, and nobody seems to want to tackle him. <laughs> and that to me is the good thing, right? Because yeah. a good running back. You don't want to tackle an, an average running back. You're like, okay, I can tackle that guy. And that's why I'm so impressed by with Dallin Hayden because he's turning himself into a guy who out here, it didn't look like people wanted to tackle. He is sturdier, more sturdy. His pants continue to fall down. Hmm. Oh, get I'm the guy sure. a belt. We need to get a, a Dallin Hayden a belt if we can find one. But other than that, I mean, the whole running back room just looks like they have a different, uh, like I'm going to 
f you up type of yeah like if, if well, i think you're right if 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 you knew nothing if trevion henderson and mayan williams and evan Pryor just didn't exist yeah. we knew nothing about them and the two guys we saw out here chip train and dallin hayden were ohio state's running backs i think you feel fine <laughs> but they have three other guys that need to get the ball so i don't know what they're gonna do we'll see there's still a long way to go. This is only practice number five for Ohio State and scrimmage number one. They have 10 more days to go before they wrap up with the spring exhibition next month in the Horseshoe. We'll have full coverage, of course, as we roll along at ohiostate.rivals.com and on the podcast here on YouTube. That's Bill and Berm. Thanks for joining us for Snap Judgments. I'm Austin Ward. We'll talk to you again on Monday morning.